Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey friends, welcome into episode number 103 of the Leaning into Leadership podcast, where this week on the show, my guest is Maxwell Roach. Now, I'm going to tell you this before before I tell you anything about Max. This is arguably the most unique interview that I have had here on the show. I'm just going to leave it hanging at that, and I'm going to tell you about Max, and that should tell you everything you need to know about just how unique this interview is going to be. So Max is a children's book author. But he's also the founder of the John Aves Learning Club, which is a personalized learning organization. He has a bachelor's degree from the University of Toronto. He is certified as a professional in human resources. And he's a former musician that has shared the stage with Beyonce and with the Rolling Stones. He's been a CEO of a childcare organization and been a consultant in the e-commerce tech industry. Max is all about just filling the industry gaps by whatever method he can through disruption and modern solutions. Folks, this is a really cool interview. I know you're going to love it. It's a lot of fun. You're going to get it all right on the other side of this. October is National Principles Month, and one of the things that I love to talk with principals about is just simply finding clarity and becoming intentional with our time, our actions, our words, and our communication. Now, How do you find that clarity? How do you become intentional as a leader? I'll tell you, one step you could take is grab a copy of Road to Awesome, The Journey of a Leader. In this second edition of the book, I talk a lot about how you find the clarity, about the things that really matter to you, about the things that are really going to move the needle and make a difference in your school and in student outcomes. And I talk about how are you intentional about that work. Right now, because October is National Principals Month. You can get the book, the autographed copy, for $20 only with free shipping. Just go to roadtoawesome.net backslash books and enter the code FOBA, F-O-B-A. We are all about ending that fear of being awesome. October is National Principals Month, folks. We're celebrating with Road to Awesome, the journey of a leader, now for only $20. Use the code FOBA at roadtoawesome.net backslash books. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. So some of the more loyal listeners, I guess, to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast may know that at at times um, I talk about our origin stories and about how each of us has a unique path that has brought us to where we are. Now, today on the show, my guest is Maxwell Roach, and you talk about an interesting origin story. We have someone who is a trained musician, someone who has worked in the tech industry, has been in business. Now his work has taken him to providing tutoring and working with students in private schools. Now, if that doesn't doesn't make you curious to meet Maxwell Roach, I don't know what else will. So with that, Maxwell, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, man. How are you today? Oh, man, Darren, I'm, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? 
I'm doing outstanding. I really am. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. And um, I mean, obviously, you and I have had a conversation previously, and we talked for a little bit before we hit the record button today. But uh, you've got you've got such an interesting journey. And I mean, this is one of the things, honestly, that I just love about human beings. You know, it's it's so cool to learn what people are doing. But to me, it's just so empowering and just so intriguing to learn what what they've done to be where they are right in that moment. So let, let's start there, Max, with just tell a little bit of that background, tell a little bit of your story that puts you here in the studio with me today. Absolutely. And, you know, Darren, it's, it's interesting that you say that specifically when you talk about human beings and how they got to where they are. And one thing that I've always noticed about you, you know, we've, we've had a, a bit of a, you know, shorter relationship here so far. And just your energy has always been so positive. It's light. I know you do a lot for the education community as well, but you always have that air of just positivity, right? So I appreciate you kind of seeing it from that perspective. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes there are a lot of people who look at an individual's journey. And I'll tell you, even from my personal experience, that it hasn't really been a, a, a favorable one when trying to collaborate with certain people or, for example, you know, come towards uh, looking for people to be your employer, as an example. Right. It's very yeah. interesting because sometimes when you're too, I guess, uh, wide in your skill sets, let's say. Um, then what ends up happening is people don't know where your focus is. But my always my thought process has always been, you know what? I'm just that those that is my direction, and that's where I'm going to continue to go because I see similarities throughout many different industries based on my personal discipline, which actually started in music, right? I actually grew up. I mean, both of my well, my my dad mainly and his entire family all music, right? I remember going to you know get-togethers with my family and. It was all music. I mean, someone's got a piano, right? Someone's got a bass guitar. Somebody's got yeah. uh, vocals. Somebody's singing everything, right? And to be honest, I did not enjoy it. I hated it at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so so interesting to think back as to where the things that you learn as a child, which is actually very important, uh, I guess, part of the conversation when you think about environment, right? Your environment, whether you like it or not, has a very strong effect and it definitely is a precursor to what you know and what you how you learn and the things that you become, right? Even if you don't enjoy where you are. So, you know, talking about how I kind of got to where I am today, it's very interesting because what I found is that it all came down to practice, right? That's the term we use in music, right? Another term could be yeah. repetition or creating muscle memory or whatever that might be. My dad, he always used to say, practice makes perfect preparing failing to prepare is preparing to fail right you have to prepare properly and you have to practice with intent and with consistency and repetition and so this is actually the basis of everything that i do at this point and that was that's actually what has helped me come across many industries so i did end up it's interesting because i actually started when i was in high school the first thing i i did was you know i was playing in bands and things like that sure but i was actually heading towards computer science and I went into computer science right out of high school, right? Went to university, got into university, loved it, right? We were building websites and doing all these things. We had a website business and all these things, right? So, uh, you know, went to university and I realized, well, wait a minute. I don't really want to look at a black screen all day <laughs> typing in my own sure. random syntax for the rest of my life, right? That wasn't interesting to yeah. me. So 
you know, I went through the first year and everything. And I think my mom, she really saw that it wasn't my passion. I did end up taking business courses for the second half of that first year. And it was really interesting. I was like, wow, you know, I love business. I love the accounting side. I love kind of looking at the numbers and things like that. And my mom said, you know what? If you're not going to do this, you got to do something. So she found a school across Canada. So I'm in Canada. Uh, I'm, I grew up in a city called Windsor, Ontario. And so she said, you have to get out of here. Go across Canada and go to this music school. So I ended up going to a music school out there. We flew out there, did an audition. I got in everything, right? It was great uh, for, for drums. And so went out there. And this was the first time I was away from my family, right? I, I, I was always with my family. I think I was about 18 or something. And I went to this school. And let me tell you, these two years that I went to this college were pretty much one of the most fantastic two years of my life, both on a high end and on a low end as well. Because you learn a lot when you're on your own, right? Uh, right. You know, make sure you, 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 you do your laundry. Don't, don't do your colors with your whites, yeah. <laughs> right? Then you don't wash everything in hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you start learning everything. Yeah. But I think from a, from a professional standpoint, from a learning standpoint, my instructors that were a part of the program that out there were incredible. And let me tell you, I went in there not knowing a lot of information. And for those who, who may or may not know, so my name is Max Roach. And Max Roach is actually a famous jazz drummer. And to be completely honest, I didn't know much about jazz at all. So I'm going into a school where people expect me to know all this information. <laughs> and I don't know anything, right? Yeah. So some people I think would take that as maybe uh, not so positive. But for me, it was actually something that I took and I said, well, I don't want to embarrass myself. I need to make sure that I'm on point. So it really, again, in that first year, by the end of the first year, I was performing with my teachers, playing jazz. Again, this was, I didn't understand the language in itself. I didn't understand how yeah. to play. The things that I had to practice, I thought they were impossible when I first started, right? And I think this is maybe a lesson to, to those as well, or maybe something that would touch someone else as well, where Things are hard at the beginning all the time. Yeah. That's just how it goes. So you just have to practice it and continue. And so I took this uh, after two years in, in Edmonton, Alberta was where it was. I actually went to Toronto, Ontario and finished my university degree in, in music and in arts. And during those three years, I mean, I was touring the world. I had the chance to perform with some amazing individuals. We, we went across, we, we did uh, quite a bit of traveling. I was able to to uh, open for Beyonce as well. So we were the support band going across to the major stadiums as well here in Canada, which was amazing. Uh, I, I've okay, shared wait a second. Let's, let's not gloss over that. So you opened for Beyonce. Let's just, let's just call that back out. You don't, you don't have to tell the whole story, but folks, I don't want to gloss over that. That's wow. That's, that's huge. I mean, again, I think what it is, is it's a testament to continuing the journey, regardless of difficulty, right? M myself doing all the initial practice that may have been, you know, four or five years prior to this and putting that effort in with the intention, again, it wasn't money driven. I'll tell you right now, if you're in music for money, you're in the wrong business, right? So the intent was, I love this, I want to do it, and I want to continue doing this, and I want to get better, I want to increase my skill set, and it lands you on these stages, right? I mean, another one is that I speak of is the Rolling Stones. So one of my teachers was actually the sax player for the Rolling Stones. And so I was able to actually, you know, Charlie Watts, the late, great Charlie Watts, he played my drum set at one point when I was doing a performance in front of him doing jazz renditions of his 
of their songs. So being able to be, and then, you know, he's got the tightest of pants. So we're having amazing conversation in the back. I had, I was wearing tight <laughs> pants at the time too, but couldn't hold a candle, you know, but these yeah. are, these are all a part of sort of the journey, which is really incredible. And of course, the, the question still remains, how does this relate to education? Right. But I think what I learned is that at that point, actually, what I needed to do, and I think this was actually a turning point for me. I, again, married, I have my wife, you know, you, you, you end up having a child, right? I found that I couldn't tour the world while having a child anymore. Now, not everyone feels this way, right? People will still go and do what they needed to do, but I felt that my children were the most important part. I had been dreaming about having kids. I loved the idea of having kids, right? I was really excited to have my own, you know, little boy, little girl, and, you know, we're hanging out. I'm teaching them things. You know, my daughter, she's she's amazing at drums already, by the way, which is so, it's so interesting. Again, keep them in the Love environment it. that you want them to. But being able to make that transition, listen, I picked up the phone and I called all of my employers, Everyone who I was talking to um, in terms of music, whoever was employing me, I said, listen, I'm done. That's it. And I'll tell you, I didn't have anything lined up. <laughs> I had nothing lined up. I think I ended up, the one thing that I really was sort of uh, on the brink of was I was starting a little business and it was a food business, right? So I was actually creating a bread product that was sort of for low carb, right? Ketogenic, those who have celiacs, things like that. So I was creating a low-carb bread product, but it hadn't taken off or anything. I'm putting in more money than I'm actually getting. and I. But I still called everyone. And I said, I need to do something for myself and for my kids right now. I need to take this time. And you know, I was doing all kinds of things after that. I, I was driving Uber. I was doing trend. I'm a pretty fast typer, so I started doing transcription jobs. But then... <laughs> When you type for too long, your elbow starts to hurt after a while. So I have to get out of yeah. that. But I was doing any, any and everything. But all in this time, I was also building my bread business because I believed in that as well. I always wanted to have my own business. Went into that. I started selling bread all across the greater Toronto area. I had about, I don't know, I think it was 12 stores. A few of them were chains. Money was coming in. Demand was coming in. But then the demand was too much. <laughs> I couldn't scale, yeah. right? You get all these, these right. problems, you know? And again, like, I'm, I'm, and let me tell you, I was hiring people into my company as well. But then you realize, oh, hiring's not that easy when you don't have experience and when people are burning your bread and like all these things, you don't have a mentor and you're learning on the spot. So how do you deal right. with all of this? But again, all of the same principles that I learned from music, I took into bread. I took into creating this new business, right? And then I took that and I continued. I left the bread. I went into, I went into a, uh, an organization where they were a multi-million dollar software company. So I ran operations for them. I started, um, I, I was growing that company. I grew it from about six people to over 50, 60 people. We were traveling the world, uh, administering scholarships to universities. And I loved, for research purposes, and I loved this because being able to help postdocs and uh, researchers and PhD students help them by giving them money to be able to continue to create the devices that we have and push research. I'm like, I actually really love this education piece. This is really interesting. So after I'd left that company, there's a lot in there as well. I learned a lot. Again, I was going and talking about deep learning, all these things that I had no idea about, right? And 
I was talking to the professionals about it, professors and students and all these things, and I'm learning all at the same time. And again, here's the thing, same principles. It's the practice mentality. It's the practice mentality. So went through that and, you know, long, very long story short, that ended up moving myself into actually becoming the CEO of a childcare and then subsequently saying, you know what, I need to do this on my own and creating this whole idea around, okay, my kids, they're able to do long division by the time they're three. They were reading by the time they were two years old because of the practices that my wife and I had actually put into place. We need to make this into a curriculum and grow this. So that was a rocky road as well. But here we are going into private schools. We, we have instructors. We're looking to certify our own sort of program as well, all kinds of things. And I'm sure we're going to get into that now, which is why I'm kind of glossing over it a little bit. But that's, I guess, is a long sort of story as to how I got to where I am today. And I definitely encourage all of your listeners that if you think that you want to push towards doing something, just try it. At least see what's going to happen and just apply the same principles and tactics that you did to get to where you are currently. I think that's that's a huge piece right there. Um, I think anytime there's something that's on your heart or or that's you know that's tugging you know or, or itching at the back of your brain that you feel like you know hey I think I want to do this or I'm learning something here that I really I value or that that I feel is enriching me you gotta chase that I mean and obviously your path is a is a great example of that you know run after those things don't run away from them when uh, you know I, I think here here's the thing Max I think. For, for so very long, um, at least for me, um, it's been this, you know, pattern of you follow, you follow this step and that takes you to this, you follow this step and it takes you to that. You know, my, my 26 years in, in public education here in the States, you know, it was, you'd be a classroom teacher and then you move on to be an assistant principal and then to the principal, then to the superintendent. It's like, there's this laid out path since leaving that particular part of my life and moving into this entrepreneurial space, I've discovered exactly what you're talking about. You know, there are going to be those things that, that come up or those branches to what you're working on that you think, you know, you think, oh, this is the direction, but then something just starts to shift it just a little bit. Um, there's kind of this, I don't know, we're all traveling our own road, right? You know, I mean, obviously for me, road to awesome, that's, that, that, that's it. And, and my, my road is winding and, and bumpy and, and you know, sometimes it's smooth and sometimes it's not. And um, I, I just listening to you talk and listening to you talk, talk about your story, it's just, um, it, it, to me, it's that. You've got to be willing to embrace the things that occur during the journey and don't just think about what what that final destination is oh man well i i think that's the only way forward and it's interesting that you mentioned that as well with in terms of road to awesome because i've i've been kind of following seeing how you've been you know delivering your own keynotes and things like that as well and it's it's very relatable and i think that's the beauty of it right is that people want to feel as though they can actually do this right and i find that sometimes Again, depending on who the individual is, they can't find it within themselves, so they need to look for it somewhere else. Now, you had mentioned something very interesting there where you were talking about enjoying this the road. Now, I, I, again, I love the fact that you focus on the actual road itself, right? Because the road, 
that's all it is. So recently, what I found for myself is that I've actually, I, I've kind of set my whole family up on this, right? There's this app. And again, this is not promote. They, they're not paying me or anything. There's this app called, uh, uh, what is it? Habit Rabbit. That's what it's called, right? So you get these little cute rabbit kind of caricatures and you can dress it up. You can, you know, give it a scarf whenever you complete a task, things like that, right? So I set these up for my kids, right? <laughs> they, they absolutely right. love it. Uh, and what it is, is that it encourages daily tasks. So I've created, you know, I want them to do their times tables on a daily basis, right? I want them to do, uh, uh, you know, cursive writing on a daily basis, right? And again, some educators may not like this, but it's how I like to do things. And it's how, again, the basis of our organization that I feel as though consistency is the only way forward. And if you enjoy that consistency process, the goals, they'll come along regardless, but it's the road that is just so important that you need to enjoy traveling. Right. Because that's where all the beauty is. It's incredible. Yeah. There's nothing better. And when you think of it this way as well, you know, just thinking about this now, if you're not tired and you've been driving for too long, but if you're driving down a road, there's beautiful scenery all over. But there's something also equally as beautiful that you're just going past this. You're just continuing to go. You're seeing what's ahead and what's ahead is changing, but it's still kind of the same right but you're just driving towards it and driving towards it and driving towards it and it's a wonderful thing sometimes you have to rest it's fine but then you just keep driving and seeing all the beautiful greenery as you go through different places there's a place called newfoundland here in uh, in canada driving through newfoundland is so beautiful i think it was about seven years ago i'd never been to newfoundland before and i said i've never seen anything like this in the world Again, I'm driving through it and it's beautiful while you're driving through it. And to enjoy that road, that is where the magic is, right? And I've found that I'm starting to find that within myself. I'm starting to kind of disseminate this to my family as well, that going along and enjoying the journey and enjoying the road. Listen, sometimes the road is bumpy, sometimes it's windy, and but it's still beautiful, right? To, to view and be a part of for sure. Man, I could I couldn't say it any better. You know, just listen to you talk there about about Newfoundland just made me think. Um, the first year that I was a superintendent um, in Colorado, so I was in the mountains in Colorado, and I was on my way to uh, to a meeting or something, and I had to go um, on this kind of back road to make my way down to the interstate from where I was. And, you know, I mean, I'm a kid who grew up in the central part of Wyoming. I mean, you know, uh, mountains have been a part of who I am most of my life. And I came around this one, this one curve. And Max, it's the first time ever that I said, I have to stop. I have to stop and get out of the car and look at this. Um, I mean, and, and every time, and I drove that road a lot once, uh, you know, once I got, you know, into, into the groove of being, uh, being the superintendent in that community, man, almost every time I had to stop, you know, if people came to visit, that was the one spot. I'm like, I know I'm going to take them here because it's just, it was a space that just left me in awe, just standing there looking right. And just thinking, Holy cow, I mean, you got the Colorado River way down there and you've got, I mean, you got mountain goats scaling the the mountain. I mean, they ran out in front of me one time on this road, right in the same place, mountain goats coming straight down the mountain. And, um, 
yeah, that it's about the journey, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, so, so, so let's, let's jump from there a little bit more, uh, into your current journey and, and the current work that you're doing. Um, I, I have to say this before, before I ask you to talk a little bit more about, about the work that you're doing. You mentioned habit rabbit and you mentioned, um, you said something kind of in passing, like, I don't know, you know, if, you know, how many educators would like this max educators are creatures of habit. They would love that. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent, even the, the most non type a people like me, yes, uh, repetition, you know, uh, consistency, you know, learning those patterns. I mean, that's in a lot of ways, that's what that's part of what learning is about. So um, I, I didn't want to let that get away because I think that's that's a really important piece. And I know that that ties into uh, the work that you're doing. The other part of it too, and, and this may be a piece that um, educators might be a little divergent and they're thinking on this, some some loving, some not. And that is essentially what, what Habit Rabbit is doing is gamifying your development of habits. And I know there are there are some older school thinking educators who we shouldn't have to incentivize. We shouldn't, you know, but boy, when we've got those, you know, more who have, have really moved into that, that gamification or, um, you know, what, whatever phrase you want to put on in that case, that's what that is. Um, portion of, of education where we're embracing the, the technology and the, the rapid reward in you know, that, that's been built into our minds, right? I mean, there's just, you know, every one of us has a cell phone and, you know, that's, it, it's instant gratification and instant reward and that kind of thing. So I, I think there's a lot of benefit to something like that. And, you know, I'm not a great creator of habits. I might have to look at that, that particular app for myself. Leaders, your educators deserve to have a leader who believes in them, who supports them, and who lifts them up when they're down. Right now, they deserve that reminder that they are traveling their own road to awesome. On that road to awesome, we focus on the things we can control and we let go of the things we can't. On that road to awesome, we rise by lifting others, not by pushing each other down. And on that road to awesome, we change the world one conversation at a time. Leaders, I want to work with your schools. I want to work with you and your educators to lift them up, to honor the work they do, and to let them know they are not in this alone. Let's get together. Let's have a conversation. Let's get your teachers back on that road to awesome, to find that love, to find that clarity, and to walk in their purpose. Reach out to us at roadtoawesome.net for your opportunity to bring Road to Awesome to your school. Let's talk a little bit about the, the work that you're doing now and how how that kind of connects with some of the stuff that we've been talking about. For sure. And th- there's a lot to talk about in there, Darren. Uh, so I don't use Habit Rabbit. I use it for my family. I use a different one. So I'm not, <laughs> not putting scarves on bunnies either. Uh, maybe for some, but not for me. Uh, it, you you would mentioned a couple of things here, if I can kind of touch on it a little bit. Uh, I think that when it comes to, I prefer to kind of look at it as rewarding system, right? And let's be realistic. Every individual 
is utilizing a reward system. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an educator from, you know, the the older, I guess, era, if you're an educator that is more from the more modern times, if you're somebody who works construction, if you're someone that's a software developer, everyone has a reward system. If you're a child, it doesn't matter what it is. Because here's the thing, <clears throat> if you work and you get paid, it's your reward. If you work and you don't get paid enough, are you incentivized to work harder? Probably not as much as if you were getting paid more. Very basic, right? It's, I think this is probably something pretty fair to say that would be somewhat objective. I mean, I think maybe to yeah, some absolutely. degree... Right. To some degree, depending on who it is, if you're starting a business and you're not getting paid, but you're you're still being rewarded by maybe your own successes or your feelings that, hey, you know what, I'm going towards I want to go. Fine. Either way, it's there's a reward process here. Right. So I think to say that children should not receive rewards is a bit unfair. Uh, I think that that's kind of it's it's like saying, oh, well, I'm going to get paid for something, but I'm not going to pay my kids for doing the same thing. Or I'm going to receive a reward, but I'm not going to have my children receive a reward. So what we actually did, one of the things that we actually implemented within our organization was what we call jam points. So John Abe's method, points. So when we're teaching children, if they do their homework, they get a certain amount of points. If they do their homework perfectly, they get a certain amount of points. Right. And so on and so forth. And so, you know, you can accumulate your points and then you can get stickers or you can get, you know, whatever. If you get enough points, you can get a watch. Right. So things like that. And what this does and what I've noticed is that it does two things. One, it creates responsibility within the child without leaving them on their own. Right. Because what I've noticed is that, well, a lot of these kids, firstly, they end up forgetting about the points. After a certain amount of time, they're not even actually thinking about it. But while they're going through this process, they're thinking, oh, I want to get that watch. So I'm going to save up for a long time. How many points do I have? Oh, I did my homework, Mr. Max, like all these things, right? And it encourages the learning. So why would we remove this? This doesn't really make too much sense to me because we're built on reward systems. It's how it works. You go to work, you get paid, you, you know. You win a basketball game, you get a trophy, right? This is how it goes. So right. I think that this idea of not incentivizing is a bit tough for me to understand. And it's, again, we have built our, our company on the opposite basis of that. And I would almost say as well, in terms of rewards and incentivizing, it's not only actually receiving something, it's also giving in terms of what the actual student needs. So I'll explain this. One of, the th one of the reasons why our children were able to do long division by the age of three is because we delivered it to them in one, in bite-sized format, and two, in a method that they are able to accept and they're excited about. Excitement is also a, a I guess how, how you could say, it's, it's a form of reward, right? It's a form of a reward system. When you're excited about something, when you shoot, when you shoot some, uh, uh, a, a puck into the hockey net, you're excited because you scored, right? It's what it is. So that's a reward for all the work that you've been putting in, right? It's amazing, right? So yeah. I feel as though when we've been teaching children and doing these things, when we're engaging them on a level that they are actually apt to and open to and are excited about, not only do they learn better, 
but they're also very excited to come in and say, well, I want to learn more or I'm willing to accept this information I'm, and it sticks, right? So we have what we call the three L's. So first is love it, then learn it, and then live it. The reason why we've sort of built our foundation on this is because one, now Darren, I'm sure that you, you would know. I'm sure most of your listeners would know as well. Have you ever tried to learn something that you didn't like at all, right? Maybe for some oh, people yeah. it's do- <laughs> right? Maybe for some you people- You said it earlier. Um, you said you like accounting. I tried to learn accounting. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> so I was just going to say, some people, yeah. I mean, doing your taxes as an example, right? Yeah. Do you love it? I mean, I think it depends on who you yeah. are. I think it takes a very yeah. specific person to love this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, you may love this based on the reward system, Right. You know, depending on, you know, if you're getting money back or whatever it is. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, if you have to learn how to do taxes and you don't actually have a reason or like it or it doesn't apply to your actual business or whatever it is, you're going to have a very hard time learning how to do it properly. And therefore, you can't live that. So love it, learn it and live it are three principles that we actually base everything off of. Right. And that's how we were able to effectively have our children learn everything that they are now. I mean, at this point, so on YouTube, what we have, we have some fun videos, right? And I think they're funny. Maybe not everyone else thinks they're funny. But what we'll do is we'll go to different cities uh, around wherever it might be, right? I think we're going to try doing it at the beach this weekend. We'll see how that works. But we'll go nice. and we, we have microphones and we go up to, to people and, you know, my daughter, she'll say, my daughter is nine. My son is six, right? We'll say, hey, uh, excuse me, can can you help us practice times tables, please? And, you know, these adults still be like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess or sure. And then I'll come in and say, OK, times tables time. And then I'll just start asking times tables questions. Right. So I'll start with my six year old. Then I'll go to my nine year old. Then I'll go to, my, to the adult. Right. And we go in this circle and it's it, it's very fascinating because. I think that there's a little bit of angst from the adults when they see a six-year-old answering multiplication tables questions, right? You don't want to lose to a six-year-old, right? (laughs) Most people don't. And to be fair, both of my kids, they're fantastic with it, right? So by the time you get to 12 times whatever, right, some of these adults are, they're panicking, right? But my six-year-old's got it. So the fact of the matter is that to be able to, I guess, have my kids be happy to do this. I don't know how many children would be happy to go out and do times tables with people. It's because we encouraged it in a way that was positive. And you can do this with anything. And here's the thing. This is actually encouraged automatically with social media, in my opinion, most of the time in a negative way. Because here's here's the issue. Social media is built, the algorithms are built to actually reward what we are enjoying. So if we're enjoying content that is not great for us, guess what? The algorithm's gonna reward us on that, right? Life does the same thing. So why not do this in a positive way with children? And again, that's the foundation of how we built this in the first place. You know, I think there, there's a lot of correlation in pretty much everything you're talking about um, and Daniel Pink's work in Drive, where you know we're looking for not just extrinsic, but those intrinsic motivators and, and really getting to the core of what it is that drives not just human beings as a population, but also individual 
human beings. And, and I think, I think that's, that's a lot. Just listening to you talk, I just keep in my own mind, keep going back. I'm even physically looking over. I can see the book from here, you know, at, at that copy of, of Pink's, uh, Pink's Drive. Uh, I, I think that's just really, really powerful stuff. And I think what that lends itself to then is students who it sounds certainly like your nine-year-old and your six-year-old um, and, and the students that you're working with are finding that love of learning that comes intrinsically instead of just being connected to the rewards. You, you talked about that the kids even, you know, stop thinking about the points or the watch or or any of those other things and just really, you know, are focused on just that joy of learning, which I think to me that that's one of the that's one of the the locks that we have to um, that that we have to open that that we have to use the key for to unlock that love of learning. Just from there allows kids to to start their own journey to start to find those different pieces along the way that that they can connect with. So that that's really what what I'm taking from from what I'm hearing you talk about. Yeah. And even one to, to piggyback off of that as well. It's not even necessary to start their own journey. Here's the thing. Their journey has already begun. So how do we ensure that the journey goes in a direction? Right. How do we ensure that the journey goes in a direction that is positive? Because the journey can go anywhere. It can go exactly. Right. Listen, the amount of children and again, not not necessarily. I mean, there is going to be a portion of my students specifically, but even just around the world that are just locked to their iPads. They're just locked. I mean, advertisements show up on the apps. They're on YouTube shorts. Random information is coming up. And that's their journey at this point. That's how they're learning. That's what they're interested in. And so then we ask questions as to why aren't we, why can't the children pay attention in school? Why can't this? Why can't that? Because we're battling against the top psychologists, the top companies, everything that are actually trying to make money off of this, right? So my goal is- We're anchored to the algorithms. You're anchored. So I want to be able to make it so that they're going to be anchored to the algorithm that I feel is positive, right? And if we can encourage that and continue their journey, and again, sometimes the journey has these bends, right? Sometimes the mountain goats come down, right? And it's what it is. I want to train my kids to actually see these mountain goats instead of just driving off the cliff see the turn instead of just doing whatever's required uh, that whatever is put in front of them at the time due to whatever the distractions are right i think it's important to realize them and to know what these distractions are and to also take it and say you know what i'm going to continue along my path and my road because that or the road of those who are my mentors which i think that's a very important piece that we are mentors to our children and i think some again getting into a little bit of hairy waters here but I think our our children have lost these mentors being the adults that should be in their lives. I think we're leaving them a little bit too much to their own devices and a little too much to, I guess, grow themselves and raise themselves yeah. where we're here. Could you imagine? Now, I, I have you know my, my fair share of mentors as well, and I've had different mentors throughout the years, <clears throat> and especially you know myself. I consider myself to be a leader in this particular space because, again, it's just if if people aren't doing it, then I'm just I would then therefore be the one that's doing it first. Right. Uh, You know, and for those who are maybe unaware as well, I'm creating programs within schools. Uh, I'm doing 15 minute virtual sessions 
uh, with students. So I have instructors that will, you know, log in through Zoom and do these 15 minute math uh, instruction with children in order to make sure that their foundation is proper, that they're, they're moving along the curriculum well enough as well. So this doesn't necessarily happen too much at this point. So if I'm trying to kind of push in that direction, I have to make sure that I'm also consulting with others who are ahead of me, who have done something like this before, who are in the space. So if I'm doing this on my own, it's very difficult. So imagine if for a child that's six years old, can barely speak English or whatever language, right? Can barely read. How are they going to interpret things if they don't have someone that's leading them? And unfortunately, we don't necessarily... It's something that I think as 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 a culture, we really need to start to to kind of move forward as well is paying attention to those details. I think that's really powerful. I mean, you know, mentoring, coaching, you know, guidance, uh, what, whatever phrase you want to put on it is is huge. Um, and that's whether, you know, whether you're a young child or, you know, a grown adult, um, we all learn from and model that that we see around us. So having those positive role models, those positive examples, um, especially for our young kids, is really, really critical. And I mean, that, we, we could chase that with teacher shortages, with, uh, you know, with political division and all, all kinds of other stuff. And, and so I won't chase that because that, I mean, that's like another two-hour show. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> as, our, as our time is starting to wind down anyway, I'll, um, I, I, will, I will leave that piece as a, I very much agree with you, Max, that um, that mentorship and, and that being the positive role model for our kids is something that's absolutely paramount and that we must do. So um, we're at the point, let me, let me ask you the same question I ask everybody here on the show. Um, that, that same final question, which this is the leaning into leadership podcast. So Max, tell me how you right now are leaning into leadership. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually love this question and I love hearing the different responses of those that sort of answer this as well. I think maybe I was actually leaning into it earlier as well as we were kind of coming to this point, but I feel as though right now I'm I'm in that position where I'm learning more and more and more and more about myself and holding myself accountable and also feeling as though I am responsible in creating the way forward for not only my children, but for my community being the black community, for just the, the global community of children. Whether or not this is actually a, the real case, it's the case in my mind. So when you talk about leading into leadership, leaning into leadership, I think developing what it means to be a leader within yourself is the first way of doing this. And then secondly, it's acting on it, right? And I think that this is the way to do it, uh, regardless of what you're trying to materialize or you know uh, manifest for some of those listeners as well that speak in that language, where first it begins as a thought, then it has to move into action. That's how it is. So the way that I've been doing this is, firstly, I've decided that I need to start going to the gym. <laughs> That's been personally my way forward, is that I'd like to make sure that I have a strong mind, strong body, in order to cultivate a strong mind. And not only that, it helps with the consistency side of things, and it helps to make sure that I have some sort of grounding that I know that I have 100% control over. If I do not go to the gym, the gym doesn't come to me, right? That's it. 
So I have to put the effort in. So what I've realized is that that has helped me to train myself into doing other actions. As an example, if I want to go get that sale, the sale's not coming to me. I have to go get it. If I want to create that curriculum, the, curric the curriculum isn't just coming to me. I have to create that curriculum. If I want to write that book, the book isn't just coming to me. I have to actually write the book. So continuing to lean into these directions of being a leader within your own thing. Listen, I would say this extends past anything that has to do with education as well. If it has to do with your diet, if it has to do with your relationship, right? Maybe it's with your wife or your husband or your children, right? Or your parents, your friends, whatever it is. If you are not leaning in and saying, I am going to take ownership over this and I am going to make this into a positive force into my life, it's not just going to come to you, right? We're not here to get lucky, right? We have to actually put the effort in in order to make it work. So when we want to make a change for something, we have to make the change. We can talk about it. It's fine. You can think about it. It's fine. But until it turns into action, you're not actually leaning into anything, right? You're just standing there. So that's what I found is that my portion of being able to do this, it starts with the body, heads to the mind. And then that idea of being, again, repetition, practice, whatever term you want to use, right? Muscle memory, whatever it is, being able to keep encouraging that within myself has been able to, I guess, release this amongst all of the other tasks that I need to do in order to create a successful business, successful family, you know, great relationship with people, all of these things as well. I love that answer. That is, that is absolutely outstanding. So Max, for those who are going to want to get in touch with you, who want to learn more about the work that you're doing, uh, the, the 15 minute tutoring pieces, all of those types of things, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So we have a ton of links. <laughs> uh, I think they're, I'll, I think you'll likely be able to share them as well, but I'll give it. Yeah, I'll here. put them all in the show notes for you. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our books. They're on Amazon, John Aves Learning Club. So you can actually go on our website, www.johnaves.com, J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S.com. You can shop books up there. You can take a look. We've got eight books on Amazon, children's books there. Uh, you can come in contact with me on on Twitter at John Aves TV, J-O-N-A-Y-V-E-S TV. Uh, you can go to TikTok as well. Uh, you can go to uh, YouTube and TikTok. We've got those fantastic videos that I was mentioning earlier. So that's at John Aves TV again. Uh, we also have, actually, I didn't mention this. So we have skip counting videos. And what they are, so we've we've created these animated videos where our kids, they're rapping, they're dancing. Uh, they're they're singing and it's also in it's in an animated form. Right. So we created this and, you know, we have two times tables, three times tables all the way up to 12. Uh, and that's at at AJ's House Kids, AJS, H-O-U-S-E-K-I-D-S. So you can check that out on YouTube, also on Instagram. But the reason why we did this is, number one, I wanted to use it for my students. Right. So that, you know, music is very powerful for us as well. Right. I think learning through song, learning through melody, I think as I mean, you would know as well, Darren, and I've, I've watched, you know, some of your keynotes as well, where the melody is the part that actually helps digest information. If I'm speaking in the same tone the whole time, it becomes something that no one's going to listen to anymore. Right. right. So yeah. when you have this melody, so that's the beauty. And since, you know, everything. 
not to get too scientific, but talking about waves and, and particles and things like that and, and how waves interact, sound is a wave. So we are made up of all of this. So how do we, if, if we can create these sound waves that sort of resonate with us as beings, music is a fantastic way to do this. So to be able to do this and create all of that, uh, all of those songs and whatnot with the children as well has been fantastic. And it helps those as well just to help in, in learning how to actually, you know, do your times tables. So uh, lots of content yeah. out there, tons of it, but contact me on Twitter. Love to have conversations, love to talk about everything. You know, Darren, this has been great. Uh, you know, the fact that we're even able to speak, I think, personally tech, technologically wise is fantastic but just to thank you for the time as well because i know you're, you're a busy man you know you you're traveling a lot so i appreciate yeah. this this has been a blast uh, absolutely man i appreciate the conversation thanks so much max for joining me here on leaning into leadership again a big thank you to max for coming on to the leaning into leadership podcast uh, really had a lot of fun in that conversation and i hope you found a lot of value in it now it's time for a pep talk earlier this week I was able to spend some time with a little over 100 high school students who were interested in being educators. I was the keynote speaker at Fort Hayes State University's Teacher Days, and the students really brought a lot of energy, some great questions, and I enjoyed spending a lot of time with them and sharing a message, not only my message, but actually a message from around 30 other educators from across North America that shared with me some thoughts that I could share with those kids. It was wonderful. And one of the big takeaways that I had after talking with them and then also spending some time with uh, some of the students in teacher education, college students uh, there at Fort Hayes State, is this. We have to do a better job. I mean, bottom line, educators, we have to do a better job. Uh, and by that, I mean, we have to do a better job of speaking about our own profession. Um, I mentioned to, uh, to the kids at both levels that there are, there are things they're going to hear about why you shouldn't be a teacher. And I asked them, you know, have you heard these things before? You know, things like teacher pay and, and negativity and mandates and, and some of those things. And, and to a kid, they all were like, yeah, we've heard those things. We've heard those things. And um, one of the kids mentioned something about uh, just some of the stuff that continues to perpetuate on TikTok. And while at a point, those things are funny and there are some, some humorous pieces there, there are also some pieces where we are doing a really poor job of telling our story about why it's important to be an educator. And I'm not saying we shouldn't speak out um, about things that are negative in our industry. I am not saying that. Do not misunderstand me. But what I am saying is we've got to do a lot better job of selling people on the profession that we have all chosen, the one that we have poured our life into. We can't continue to bash it and be negative about it because, folks, that next generation they're the ones we have to have. Those are the young minds we've got to have in our classrooms in the future. And if we continue to speak ill of the work that we've all poured our heart and soul into, man, we're doing ourselves a big disservice there. So um, this is a bit of an impassioned rant. I don't know if this is really a pep talk. This is just more of me getting on the pulpit for a minute. But we've got to do a better job. All right, that's my challenge for you this week. Find something you can do. Find a way to promote. Say something positive about education. I realize it's tough right now. I know it's challenging right now. And it's not exactly the best that it's ever been. But you know what? For us to fix that, we've got to get the right people in our classrooms in the future. All right? That's your challenge. That's your pep talk. Let's talk positively about our profession. Thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. Have a road to awesome week. 
Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.